0: to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church located in Chelsea Alabama we value community fellowship and love for people from all walks of life for more information find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook if you have the Bibles, you can turn to 1st John uh, chapter 3 we're we'll going to be looking at 1 through 10. If you do not have your Bibles, as always, it's printed in our order of worship. We are in a sermon series through 1 John. If you remember, we went through the book of John, and we talked about the idea of there's, after the book of John, he wrote letters. Uh, three of those letters were 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John. The other letter was Revelation. And we're going to be looking at the 1st, 2nd um, letters of John, and maybe the third one we're going to see. And through those letters, John keeps reminding us. That like the most important thing, when you look at the entire Word of God, is this idea of love. If are gonna, if, 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 if there's no way to communicate who God is, in no matter if He's giving commandments, no matter of sending Jesus, or what the apostles did, like the message was all unified in this idea of love. So, what does that mean? Well, today He's going to bring that in focus. He's talking about it in general ways that that really the the Christian life is one marked by love. And he said, "Listen, John says so far. Don't pretend that you love God when you don't love other people. Like like just don't don't lie to yourself about that." So today he's going to bring that in focus. Like what does that look like? What does that mean? And so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today when we look at the amazing love of God. So let's read our passage for today. John says see what kind of love the father has given us that we should be called the children of God and so we are the reason why the world does not know us is it did not know him beloved we are God's children now and what will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears talking about Jesus we shall be like him because we will see him as he is and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Verse 4, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning is either seen him or know him. Little children, let no one be deceived. No one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Verse eight, whoever makes the practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning, and the reason the Son of Man the uh, Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, for he cannot keep on sinning because he has not been born of God. By this it is evident that we are children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever uh, does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I take a a passage here that seems a little cloudy in the beginning and give us clarity today. Uh, May we understand the essence of, of what you mean when you say, we are your children, and your children don't continue to do the same habits of sin over and over again without struggling. So just uh, give us clarity on this and, and a mindset of depending on your grace and not our own self. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, in night, in, in, um, I guess it was 1863, a rivalry uh, between two families in West Virginia that would lead to tragic deaths, corrupt politics, and even massacres. And these two families were the Hatfields and McCoys. They're the epitome today. They're infamous for being the epitome of describing a, a division that just will not stop. And you can do the research on the story. The story's insane. I mean, I didn't, you know, when I started looking at it a little more this week, I, I, didn't, I couldn't believe it, all the things that had happened uh, in that, um, that story. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it's just diabolical at times. Uh, and you can research it and Google it. And, and the details are too much to go into today. But one interesting part of the story that I came across was in 1979. And maybe some of y'all remember this. The families end up, the half dozen McCoys. The, the descendants of the family, end up on Family Feud, the game show. And the prize is, of course, money. But not only that, but they brought in a pig that the winner would get, and they kept a the pig on the stage like during the whole event. And it was just sometimes like, what is up with that? But just like a division like that, that would just, you would say, how can people hate each other so badly over so many years in this long-standing feud and then we begin to realize what John has been talking to us the whole time about. He's talking about this idea of light and darkness. Uh, he's talking about this idea of love and hate. And ultimately, people that believe in Jesus and don't believe in Jesus. And as much as we want to, t- the world, to believe what the world tells us, that we're divided over politics, really, or we're divided over race, or we're divided between boomers and Gen Xers and millennials, it's simply not true. That's not the divides that really divide us. And John's going to bring some clarity to that today when he's talking about these things. And so let's look at three points today. Those three points are in the sermon outlined in the order of worship. We're going to talk about the marvelous love of the Father, we're going to talk about the deceitful practice of sin, and we're going to talk about the destructive ways of the devil. So let's look at this uh, that first section that we just read it says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are children of God now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we will know when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we will see Him as He is, and everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies him so as he is. One of the most astounding things in the world that changes people's lives for good and sometimes forever is this idea of being loved and, and to feel love. When you're young and you think about it, right, the love seems scarce. We're, 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 we always worry about love and romantic love and are we going to be loved by someone? And as young people, we tend to fixate on that romantic love. We tend to, to to worry about things like ex-boyfriends and, and ex-girlfriends and you and uh, you might fall blissfully in love but behind it by questions of am i going to measure up to the last relationship that they had or how do i measure up to other people in their mind and some of us stay stuck in that place uh and, and it's really when you think about it, a, a place of selfishness where we get stuck and we seem to to think about the idea of it, it doesn't matter If we're really loved, it matters more about how I feel about being loved. And John is saying today, he's inviting us to look at what true love really is, what real, authentic love, what our hearts really desire, a no matter how you treat me, a no matter what I get out of it, I don't care kind of love. This is what John's talking about today. And the origin of that love, where does that love come from? The model of that love, he says, the Father himself. So what does this love look like? John says here the word he used for it is this idea of the love of the Father is marvelous love. We marvel at it. When you really see the love, the way that God loves us, we, we marvel at it. We don't look and say, ah, I knew it. I deserved that love. Or it's about time that you gave me love, God. No, we really see how God loves us. We marvel at it. It's marvelous. And the Father, uh, John says, has extended that to us. Think about it. We're, we're called children of God. We're not called servants of God. We're not called just friends of God. We're brought into His family. We're called His children. And that's who we really are. And he says the world doesn't recognize that because the world doesn't understand God. And He couldn't, they can't understand how God would love us the way that He does. They can't fathom that kind of love. It's not even their economy of love. But that's exactly who we are. And we are children of God. I mean, how do you... Think about and love your friend, uh, friends and children and family. Would you die for them? Yes. Do they have to earn your love? No. God feels the same way about us. We're his children. And John says that's the, only the beginning. He says we're going to keep loving and we get a taste of this love, a foretaste of this love. And we know when Jesus comes back, we're going to really understand the fullness of love. We see it a little bit now. We, we know how to love some now. John's saying, wait till you see what's going to happen later. When you see Jesus and you understand person to person how he really loves. Meaning, if nothing else, our future is not just about becoming more loving as a believer in God, but in heaven we're going to experience pure love. Do you ever get to the point or get tired of loving people in ways that they never give you love in return? There will be a day. When everyone around you loves you better than you can imagine in the regard to the way that you want to be loved and until that day John says we're not there yet keep loving others fiercely and unconditionally and when Jesus come back we're gonna all love each other with that perfect love it's not just gonna be about seeing it in Jesus we're gonna be perfected and we're gonna have pure love we're gonna be able to love people in a way that we can't love here because of who we are the pure love of Jesus until then A lot of things now here on the earth get in the way of our being able to love others and even being loved by other people, receiving love. A lot of things get in the way. So what is that? Well, let's look at our next point. The deceitful practice of sin. There's no accident why he went straight to sin after what he just talked about with love. He says this, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. No one abides in him and keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. So, stepping back to what we were just talking about, we all view love in terms of transactions, almost like bank transactions. We, we, we think in, in a lot of times that we put um, you know this much into the love account of someone else, and we feel like we should get that much more in return. This is our hearts. We're transactional people. And John is about to address this and tell us why well, this kind of thinking is wrong and actually destructive to us and those around us. Here's what John's saying uh, in this passage. He's saying, when you indulge your in life, of doing whatever you want to which is talking about the idea of sin here you're just outright lawless and saying i'm going to do whatever i want to do it's a path to destruction and john is saying we all think of sin here as a checklist and i don't know about you i think about it all the time this way and it's just wrong we think of it as a checklist meaning if we do this you know that's a sin or we don't do this as a sin And we we think of it. It's a checklist of things that we do right and wrong all the time when we sin. We need to throw that kind of thinking away. And this is one of the things I think John is really emphasizing in this book when he's talking about the love of God. We always say this at our church. What we are about is not a religion. It's a relationship. So when we think about that, you know what sin really is in its core? It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a list of thou shalt not's. That's a baseline understanding. What sin is in the core is doing things that would be against the person of God. That's what it is in core. Meaning doing things that are against His way. God has a design for the world and for you. And when you work against that or you ignore that in your life, that is sin. Just as much as not following one of the commandments. And so that's what a lot of people think in that way. And so the only way you're really going to understand in your life your purpose and good and bad and right and wrong is developing a relationship with God. Because you can do the baseline things. The Pharisees did the baseline things and they did not know God. What we're talking about is getting to know God, just spending time in his word and praying to him, developing a relationship. Figure out what is he wanting my way of my design in my life and I'm working, am I working with it? yes and that's going to produce love and joy and peace and all these things when i'm working against it frustration anxiety and even hatred and resentment of everybody around me see jesus came into the world to get rid of sin but our hearts are selfish we love each other more than jesus and more than others and we fight against that all the time but it's about to get worse There's another force at work in the world that John just talked about. Let's look at the third point here, the destructive ways of the devil. Whoever makes a practice of sinning, it says in verse 8, is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, meaning he was born of God. And he cannot keep sinning because he is born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So, when you think about this idea of the devil. In the history of the world, um, the devil seems like almost a joke at times know, he's portrayed like almost a cartoon character that has the little pitchfork with the little horns and the tail uh, in that way. And in some ways, I don't have a problem with that because it was never made to be an accurate depiction of the devil. It was made to be a mockery of the devil. And, and I don't have, this is one of the reasons that Christians began wearing costumes on Halloween, before All Hallows' Eve, was to make a mockery of the devil. That he had been defeated by Jesus on the cross. But there's another side that the Bible says about Satan or the devil, that he's disguised as an angel of light. And his ways are subtle. And he walks the earth like a lion, just trying to see who he can deceive and consume and accuse and ultimately destroy. This passage that John's talking about here states that those that make make a practice of continual sin in their lives, of saying, God... I see your design, and I'm just not going to do it. Or straight from the devil. Nonsense. Because the devil is the one. He's the pioneer of the practice of sin. See, the Son of God entered the world to abolish the devil's ways, and in some way, the devil is defeated. He even knows he's defeated, but in others, he can still get a foothold until the end of time in people's lives, meaning that evil forces are work in this world. There's no doubt about it. But here's the point of this section. People conceived and brought to life by God don't make a practice of continuing to live a life of the same simple practices. How could they? He's saying if, if really God's Spirit is within you and you never struggle with the fact that you continue to do the wrong thing over and over again, and you will struggle. And people all the time are like, ah, I don't even think I'm a believer anymore. Like, I'm struggling with the same thing over and over again. Like, if you're struggling with sin, you're probably a believer. Unbelievers don't struggle with sin. They don't worry about it. And this is what he's talking about here. But it is a check in us to say, listen, if we continually, habitually, willfully saying, God, I don't care what you believe. This is what he's talking about. My will of keep on sinning. And it should be a check for us in our lives, not just anyone here, but me and my life. And John's saying, here's the thing. How do you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children? One is full of love, no matter the return or the price, and the other one won't practice God's ways or commit to unconditionally loving his neighbor or his brother or his sister. And he's saying, John's like, it's a simple test. If your life is devoid of love and you're surrounded all you do is you're just filled constantly with hatred and resentment that's a problem that's not from god and it's really of the devil so with all this talk of how bad we tend to be how dark our hearts are uh, and if you're first time here my sermons are not always this dark Uh, but with all this talk what hope do we have i mean think about it Our hearts are selfish john's talking about he exposes it and the bible exposes it plus the fact that the devil's there with his evil forces working against us to make sure that we don't just succeed in any way he can what hope do we have of doing the right thing the answer is and it's not cliche it's jesus the bible says when jesus died he brought us to life the bible says we were dead spiritually and when jesus died on the cross resurrected and he came to our life he resurrected us he made us alive when we were dead he paid for our sins and not only that he was resurrected that uh, we have that power now we have power through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and all believers have this to overcome sin and our hearts and the forces of the world it never says we won't struggle matter of fact it says the opposite you will continue to struggle but what do you do with that struggle The Bible says when Jesus died, he overcame the power of the devil and all the evil in the world. So what that means is that we have to rely on Jesus' work and not our own if we're ever to overcome our own sinful hearts and the evil that's in the world. In the end, here's what John is saying. You can't truly love, nor will you even want to imitate the love of God unless you really understand the love of God. Think about the characteristics of God's love that John keeps reminding us of. Characteristics of love of the Father, heart of the Father, that he reminds us even in his commandments. Unconditional, never-changing, self-sacrificing, pursuing love that goes to the ends of the earth in the depths of hell kind of love that no matter what you have done, that kind of true love. It's the love we've always wanted. It's the love that we've always longed for. It's the love that fairy tales are written about, but this one is not fictional, and it's really authentic. It's the love of God that we can only experience through our relationship with the Son. And if you're confused about any of what we talk about today, come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about it, or talk to me sometime this week. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for the depth and the breath and the height of your love is just infinite um, when we look at uh, who we are and how we love it just seems like puppy love is all we're capable of help us to know what real love really is so that we can love you and then in turn as an overflow of that relationship love those around us our friends our family our neighbors uh, lord help us to be on guard against the forces of evil in this world, help us to read your word and pray so that we might be protected, we might hear from you, and that we will stop these habits that continually we know that are wrong in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook.